The Tuesday Club with Sean, Kyle and Shane. Hello, welcome to episode two of the Tuesday Club Series 3 with me, Sean Holly, Kyle Reese, Shane Williams. We've got a very special guest coming up in a minute. I'm going to introduce him shortly, but brought to you in conjunction with, of course, Buffoon Media and the Brit Pub in Carmarthen. Get in touch with us on our social media channels, on Twitter at Tuesday Club underscore and on Instagram at Tuesday Club Podcast. We've got a Facebook page as well now, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, that came out of nowhere, didn't it? You're busy, boy. Yeah, well, you know, we're, we're on everything else, mate, so I have to do the full collection, you know. Yeah, we'll get on to Facebook, and uh, it's been snowing, boys. Shane, you've been out on your sled, I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have much didn't have much choice, to be honest. Sean, when you got two kids, you know, stuck in the house with this in the lockdown, and they want to go out and play in the snow, you know, there's only one winner, really, isn't there? But, yeah, that's some good fun yesterday, to be fair. Nice to get out, doesn't it, get some fresh air as well. Yeah, I've been walking up in the mountains because uh, you don't sled when you've got uh, like 20-year-old, 18-year-olds. You They want to go snowboarding. So it's like, oh, boys, it's snowing. Let's go up and have some sled. Uh, yeah, whatever. No powder, no <laughs> snowboard, no cool guy. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, enough of that. Playing in the snow. We've got a really special guest joining us tonight. A real old friend of ours, Shane, that's for sure. I go back a long way with this fella, as you do, Shane. But a welcome, a massive welcome to Alex Popham, former Wales International. Oh, Alex, to see you. Hi, thank you for having me. And um, we've got your lovely wife Mel with you as well. Now, there is a lot of reasons we get you on one because you're a great fella. And um, Shane, Kyle, you probably wouldn't know this, but Alex and I go all the way back to 1997. Right, I was a coach of a Welsh colleges tour to South Africa. Alex was in that squad and we played the curtain raiser on Ellis Park to the third test lay in South Africa in 97. Can you believe that? All right, Pops was there. I think I think he popped his shoulder as well back then. A little story on there um, that I can remember. Um, as we came off the pitch, the Lions players were going on the pitch and we went past the changing rooms of the Lions and at that time all the jerseys were, were really baggy and the Lions boys had cut their jerseys, their sleeves off. So we all ran in and grabbed the sleeves. So that was the closest I got to a Lions jersey. <laughs> <laughs> did you get a jersey, Al, did you? No, I didn't get the sleeves off because they had these big baggy long sleeves at the time, if you can yeah. remember the jersey. But I went and grabbed a, I don't know whose jersey sleeve it was. I, I was the closest <laughs> I got to a lion. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget, right, um, when you go into the change rooms, well, then in 97 Ellis Park, they, got, they had a chalkboard, changing room one, changing room two, changing room three. And then written in chalk, change room one and change room two were British and Irish Lions, change room three, Welsh Colleges. <laughs> so our boys were in the chair. It was amazing. It was fantastic. But uh, fond memories. And you mentioned there, Alex, um, if I can remember, and that's very poignant because, of course, very recently you've been uh, in the news uh, regarding this uh, diagnosis that you've had, sadly. Uh, but it's all gone a little bit nuts from there, isn't it? Yeah, it, it has. Um, I've most probably known about it uh, myself going through through different symptoms for 14, 16 months now, Mel. Maybe a bit longer. Yeah, this year's, this year's flown. But um, Mel was trying to get me to go to the doctors um, set, uh, around 
Yes, summer 19, uh, 2019, and I was going, no, it's work, it's, uh, it's stress, it's different things like that. I was trying to push it off, push it off, uh, short-term memory, concentration, mood swings, um, what other um, symptoms? What are... <laughs> Your temper, yeah. um, which was not like, oh, you guys have known him a long time. He's He was in school, the class clown you know, the joker, the the pack. Um, and these things were just not Alex at all. Um, and the, yeah, the short term listening, not being able yeah, to- Yeah, so if I was in a, like, Zoom is brilliant for uh, the problem with, if I'm in a group situation, if lots of people are talking, uh, I struggle to, to take in the person I'm talking to's uh, um, conversation. And um, so I was coming out of meetings in work thinking what, what was all that about? Uh, and then September 2019, I went on a on a bike ride, uh, a loop I always do, and I got lost on this bike ride. And if I'm honest, it was quite a scary, scary moment. And I came back from that bike ride and spoke to Mal, where she'd been trying to get me to go to the doctors for a couple of months before. I went straight to straight that's to the true. GP, and that's where the the testing started, really. So um, you, you've, I, I spoke to you before on this because. Um, this was obviously a big issue in NFL, wasn't it? And then the uh, the Will Smith film came out, Concussion, and uh, there was a, a very forceful uh, clinician, a very forceful doctor who's heavily involved in that. And and things have grown now, Al, haven't they? You've developed this head for change. It's almost a campaign. It's almost a crusade along with other rugby players. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, it, 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 the idea was born from... After I've got my diagnosis, so I don't know, Mal would be the best reason why. Was, um, I didn't know anything about CT, Sean. I didn't know about the NFL. I don't follow American football. I didn't agree at that point. I never watched Concussion. I never heard of it. And um, I didn't expect to hear what we heard on that phone call at all. Um, and it floored us. So once we got over the shock the first few days and I started looking for um, advice and resources, how do I tell our teenage daughters, there was nothing. There was literally nothing. because. Dementia, as we all think of it, is an old person's illness and CTE I'd never even heard of. And that comes with a whole array of other horrid symptoms. And it quickly became apparent to me that there was a need. Um, I was brilliantly connected with this incredible woman, Dr. Judith Gates, whose husband is a retired Middlesbrough footballer, diagnosed with CTE and dementia. And um, that's where the idea came from, yeah. really. We... Alex being Alex wasn't going to be average. He wasn't going to be a stat. He wasn't going to see this as a life sentence. And we made a decision we weren't. We were going to try and do something and change the change the prognosis. Um, and Judith was wanting to do the same in the football world. So that was where the idea came from. And we've united the two original codes, football and rugby together, which we think is quite unique, yeah. um, with a big purpose of care and support for, for, the, for the guys, affect the players, but also for the families. These are... These are young guys with with young kids and jobs and careers, and um, it has a real impact on on your life. Oh, ma- massive! Uh, can I bring you in, Shane? Because you did a a really important documentary, didn't you, um, around concussion? Uh, so you got to know a little bit more inside about you know what what the scientists are working on. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, I played rugby for a long time, and I had I have you know memory loss and short term memory loss and having to write things down and all these things that probably Alex uh, kind of has had and, and other players as well. 
when I got asked to do the documentary, I realized, look, my, my son's going to be playing rugby as well. I need to know a bit more about concussion, CTE and dementia. My grand passed away two years ago with dementia. So I wanted to know a bit more and did the documentary. Um, I think the, the scary thing for me was, you know, the only time people can learn about your brain or work on your brain is actually when, when you've passed away. You know, there's not enough, there's not enough that, that doctors and scientists can do to kind of understand about dementia or what leads to dementia when you're alive, which is frightening. And, you know, the main reason I wanted to do the programme was for education. Like, I've I played my game and, and I've enjoyed it. I love rugby. I wouldn't change a thing about it. I would like to have known a little bit more about concussion and what it can lead to and the after effects, of course. But... I think the important thing for me now is is education, you know, teaching my son, you know, what, you know, the symptoms of having a bang on the head, feeling concussed. You don't always have to feel sick. You don't always have to be knocked out. You know, it's been, you know, understanding what, what it is yourself and also having the people around you to kind of look after you as well. And that was what I wanted to get out of the documentary, really. It's, you know, there's so much to learn from it, but I think, you know, we're a little bit late in the game getting to learn about it. This should have been done a long, long time ago, really. So um, it's very interesting. It's, so, it, it's such a complicated, you know, injury. And it's the most important organ we have in our body, really. And we know nothing about it. That's the frightening thing. And, you know, I got to speak to pe- people like the doctor from concussion, Dr. Omalu, who scared the bejesus out of me. You know, he was telling me all these things and he was like, Shane, I want you to stop your son playing rugby. I don't want your daughter doing anything physical. And and he was telling me things like, would you give your daughter and your son a cigarette or a, or a glass of whiskey? And I was like, no, why? And he goes, well, that's damaging the body. Rugby is also damaging the body. I want you to stop. You know, you get that side of it and then you get the, the rugby mad person who would do anything for his son and daughter to play for with. So... It's such it's such a way in scales and balance of emotions and stuff, but it's so interesting and you know it's 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 great that Alex and the people from the charity are doing this because we need to learn a little bit more. We need to learn a lot more about it. Sorry. Well, it's, a, it's gathering momentum, Alex, isn't it? Head for change, and uh, you were working on something called the Fifteen Rugby Commandments. Now, I don't expect you to remember them all. I've had a good read of it. I don't remember them all. Oh. So there's some simple ones, and this is what we want to do as soon as possible. Um, The big one uh, for me is the amount of contact players do in training. Uh, During my career, they worked out I've had over 100,000 sub-concussions. So that was um, a small contact that would cause a little bit of damage on the brain. Um, The NFL 10 years ago reduced the amount of contact they do as, as, as a league. Um, and rugby still, some boys I'm speaking to, uh, someone last week uh, who's, who's still doing four contact sessions a week uh, for their region. These, this needs to change as soon as possible. And it would, if, if that was in place when I was playing, 85% of my contact, the damage done, would not have happened. And Mel asked the, the neurologist at the beginning, what did, what did you do? Well, I looked at it from when they were saying there's 100,000, that floored me. I was like, that's ridiculous. But we only needed to add up all the years that Al or any of the other players are professional and look at how many weeks, the, how long the season is and how much they trained. And by taking that away and applying the rule of the NFL, that would mitigate the risk hugely 
but it would also mean the brain, the key thing is the brain would be resting in between. So, you know, uh, um, as Shane would have learned in the documentary, the they, we know in a contact sport there's a risk of concussion. It's how it's then handled. It's how that damage at the time is handled. And as long as the brain is rested and recovered, Al's main issue and a lot of his his cohort have been constant. So every day of the week and yeah. then, and actually probably more so in the training than in the match. Yeah, because yeah, well, usually a, a, a training session, there was no referee. It was like the Wild West sometimes. You had players wanting to be in your position or you wanted to get into into the team so uh it was a lot more physical sometimes than actually playing playing on a saturday and you know what in, in the culture you know what it's like boys uh the coaches would label that in the training week as smash or bob bone on bone yeah. you know mm. kyle let's bring you in what's your reaction to that alex had a hundred thousand sort of Subcontacts or whatever they were called 100,000 can you imagine that yeah no i can't it's to be honest, I'm a bit flawed, you know. Firstly, Alex, uh, thanks for coming on. And the boys know how I get when I meet any international, so I'm absolutely shaking in my boots when I speak to Welsh international rugby players. Um, but also, just listening to you at the start there, and <sighs> sorry, this is a bit difficult. Um, when you said about you were going on your ride there and then all of a sudden like you forgot where you were going and something you did every day and you you it became quite scary and it just sort of you know knocked me back a bit and then just listening to you there it's just as a fan you watch you boys hit in like you said every saturday and you know the the collisions are massive and i was reading some of the literature earlier on and the rugby especially international rugby union players are taking those collisions like you said in a four day a four a four week four day week training session you're taking 60 percent more collisions throughout the season than those nfl boys and we've all seen the hits that those nfl players put into each other and you know they've got a helmet on they've got shoulder pads on and they still suffer some terrible injuries life-threatening career-ending injuries and just to hear you talk in there, I'm, a, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm a little bit cut up. And I almost went when you mentioned the bike, went your bike ride earlier. And oh, do you know what? I'm sorry. I've never yeah, been, mate. I've never I, been, I guess, you, on, a, you, you on a podcast before. But just to see, you know, somebody up watching you play in, you know, with that beautiful, you know, you were the original Welsh Thor. You know, Richard Hibbard came after you with his. No, 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 he was He Man. He was He Man. There we are. Uh, <laughs> Pat Sharp, yeah. But, you know, I remember watching you smashing into rucks and flattening players and later on now, and, and this is, you, you're having to go through all this. And, and, you know, fair play to you. There should be more help for anyone in a collision sport that is taking all these hits. And, you know, you're doing it for your country. You're doing it for fans. You know, you you put in yourself and your health and you know your family's well being on the line, and you you never know what's what's going to come of it. So, I just feel re- really really moved by what you're doing, and and I really really wish you all the best. And I know for a fact that you're going to make everything out of heads for change a success, and and it needs to be done. I've read some of the commandments. I've read the the letter to Bill Beaumont or Sir Bill Beaumont, and. You know, I, I'm nobody, but I'll sign it as well. Um, so fair play to you, and I, I just, yeah, without crying, I just, 
I love you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's Kyle for you, Alex. That's Kyle. Let's uh, go back. You. Just one thing on that. It's, it's, we still love rugby. We yeah. still love no. watching Wales play. It's, it's just using common sense and the science to put into practice for the players so it's a lot safer for them going forward. Yeah. It's about protecting the game but also protecting the players. Touched on something there about the. I, there's so much research in the last nine months. I feel I've become overwhelmed with neuroscience and what's going on in the world. But something I've discovered, there's some amazing work going on around the world, but in silos, in the academic world, that needs connecting. And and I relate it to this what they've achieved in the medical world with this vaccine in such an amazingly short space of time because the whole world was on it. The resources, the best brains in the world all came together. Dementia has become the biggest killer in the UK. Forget the rugby or the football guys affected, but in the general population this year. And if we can bring and connect the best brains in science and research globally as a call to action based on these sports guys who are affected with neurodegenerative disease, it's been a long day, um, we can affect some positive change you know, maybe bigger than that with, with, because as Jane knows, the brain is so complex, but the brain makes the person, you know, Al can, the shoulder not work in the, you know, the hips, the bones, whatever, they can live with that. Yeah. You, you knew, I that. knew I was going to be in bits like The that. brain makes the person and we've got to try and do something to make a positive difference. Well, that's where some of the celebs, the rugby celebs and others can help with this, with the awareness and uh, Head for Change is is doing that. So there's other things I'll, you know, we don't have t- too much time now, but, you know, obviously things like MOTs for players who have incidences of concussion, they're gonna, there's going to be a, a, or we want the review of the return to play protocols as well, don't we? So not just uh, uh, MOT, it's an MOT. It's, as soon as you sign your first contract, you get baseline tested and that's the full body, but included in that is the DTI scan. And then every year you would have the full MOT again to see if there was any damage done in that season. Very similar to what happens with boxers. Um, yeah. There's a lot more contact in rugby uh, and hits to the head to a rugby player during the season to a to a boxer. But we haven't got anything like that in place. So everything we're doing is about protecting the players and protecting the game we all love. So it carries on to be as safe and as possible. Do, parents do still send their kids like James going to We've got, you know, daughters, but they haven't shown us interest in rugby yet. But that people want this amazing game to continue as we all know it, and that the game on a Saturday doesn't get changed. Yeah, just safer, more aware. Um, and the and, better. Yeah, and better funded. So, you know, let's not beat about the bush. You know, we're going to be doing some things. There's a Zwift cycle challenge, Shane, you're going to be doing. That's coming up yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, looking for, I'm looking forward to that, uh, Sean. But I think the, the main thing to come out of this, and, I, and I'm sure Alex is going to agree with me, because as we said, we're, we're not here to scare monger. Alex isn't here to scare monger and tell mums and dads they don't want their kids to play football, rugby or any contact sport. It's about education and it's about the, the individual understanding when they're injured or how could be injured or how to keep safe. More important, it's the important people that know more about it and have... You know, have the the you know the capability of looking after the players. You know, the doctors, the coaches, um, and everyone else that comes with it. So when I did the program, I said, "Look, I don't want mums and dads to come up to me and say I don't want my son and daughter doing this because I've watched that program." I wanted them to say, "Oh, I understand the game a lot more now 
because I watched that program, and I and I think the people around us understand the game more. So that's people need to to understand that I think Sean because you know rugby's a great game. I wouldn't have changed anything in my career. I'm sure you know Alex wouldn't have played any different or wouldn't have done anything different. You you know he was a tough tough man that put his body on the line. It's just it would have been nice better to have more support and more education along the way. That's the way I look at it, and uh, and I'm sure Alex is the same. And that's why he's doing such a great job with the charity, really. But um, it's hard, isn't it? It's. Uh, I'd like to think we're going in the right de- direction. Mel, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's been our big thing. We can't change the past. We can't. But we can learn and from this situation. We can change the future together, bringing everyone together, the governing bodies, the coaches, doctors being more aware, like you say, teachers, parents, everyone around learning more. And come together on this and that that's the answer and that's the strap line of the charity be part of the solution and that includes every stakeholder and, and on that with a contact session i used to remember roger wilson uh used to be number eight for um Alistair, Alistair. Alistair. Yeah. Yeah. he's out in the states at the moment working doing defense with the nfl players 95 percent of his sessions have no contact whatsoever so it's all for defence, mm. but it's drills and, and shadowing. Mm. So we can still be smart with our training sessions mm. where we don't do bone on bone. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have that in the game. You're right. Now, um, before we sign off a little bit on this, uh, Alex, Mel, where can our listeners uh, find out a little bit more about Head for Change? Go to the website headforchange.org.uk it's got um, info on there about the Zwift Rugby Ride Challenge you can click through and sign up for that um, it's got um, the kit shop on there, Raging Bull nicely done some my, my hoodie with the logo on the back tonight um, some kit that people can buy or just sign up for our newsletters and we're building a programme of community heroes so in community fundraisers we've had an overwhelming yeah. response in the last two weeks less than two weeks since we launched are people wanting to get involved and wanting to help and be a part of the solution so, so oh amazing if we've got time in a very short space time um a young guy well say boy 28 year old guy wrote to alex he um him and 15 school friends have a whatsapp group called release the poppin because they went to school they were in an english boarding school with one welsh boy um hugh who sadly passed away at 18 and Alex was his favourite player and he was a mouthy Welsh rugby fan and on the rugby pitch in school in an English boys' boys' school. But he was going in for a big tackle. He'd shout at them all to warn them and releasing the popper. So this stuck and they sadly <laughs> lost. This has been their thing. And they've reached out to us because they were going to do something this year in his memory and raise 10K because it's his 10-year anniversary. And they've asked him to do it there for change. And um, oh. Al's going to join them in a hike up in the Welsh borders that they're going to do as um, honorary and Hugh's place. And they have to bits, but the fact that they've come forward and, yeah, unbelievable. and, and we've shared that that lovely anecdote with them and uh, he's been in touch quite a bit, actually. And um, yeah, it's, it's already touching people and people are wanting to help. And that's, that's fantastic. Amazing about rugby and the rugby family, yeah. as we call it, the friendships you make and the travelling and everything like that. And this is what we're doing with Head for Change is, is going to galvanise, I think, the, the ethos of rugby and what it's all about. Yeah. Fantastic. Look, we're going to move on to a couple of listeners' questions. I'll, um, if you can remember, fantastic. Um, there's one here from Mike Bevan. Uh, he asks, when were you at your happiest playing rugby? 
Was it when you were younger? Was it towards the end of your career? Was it professionally it's, Wales? What? Yeah, it, it, it's difficult. My, my 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 memory as it is now, I thought I was losing my memory. Um, and what uh, I've discovered since talking to my neuropsychologist, because um, my brain was so inflamed during certain parts of my career, I was taking pictures, but there was no film in there. So I wasn't storing memories. So there's lots of my career I can't really remember. I remember lots of my childhood. Um, so growing, yeah, gr- gr- growing up in, um, in, in Newport, playing for Newport High School, old boys, we had an unbelievable team. They were just played for the fun of it then. Um, but I had, I had played for Newport. I've got good memories of winning the cup with them, going to Leeds under Phil Davis, in, enjoyed my time up in, up in Leeds. Um, Scarlets, we had, we had a, a great team, lots of internationals in there, and I had a good run in in Europe, uh, and then finished off in France. But to say, where was most Robbie as a kid, if I'm honest, yeah. playing with yeah. mates and just playing for fun, and yeah, um, yeah scoring lots of tries uh, as a shame won't believe that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I used to, uh, yeah, as a, as a nipper, and uh, I've still got those mates. Now, from when I was four, when rugby, I started. Rugby was Alex Slade in school as well. We were all, mm. you know, underage drinking, partying on Friday night, house parties, whatever. Al wasn't. Al would be, you know, Joe's based around, and he was up into bed early because he was training, because he was going to play for Wales. Yeah, I remembered what. him. I remember him. Don't you worry. I was, uh, I was. Play for Wales. I was coaching on his uh, district elite back then as well. Right, Shane, here's one from you for uh, Ryan Taylor. Who's the toughest player you ever came across? Oh God! Oof. Almost everyone I played against one on one—that's for sure. Um, <laughs> always tougher than me. I think. I think we, you know that. What probably the toughest guy we I, we've ever come in contact with that was Philo Tia Tia. Um, really yeah. scary individual to look at. Thank God I never had to play against him. I played against him, sorry, in a testimonial, but yeah, thank God he wanted to play touch rugby that day. But um, you, you know when someone's tough. Boys, when um, when Jerry Collins is scared of them, so uh, that says it all. That says it all for me, really. Yeah, me too. Let me tell you. But yeah, Philo was some. Well, is some man in fairness. Just got that yeah. charisma and that aura of of someone you wouldn't want to mess with. And what I liked oh. about Philo was he didn't walk around the fields or training telling everyone he was hard. You just had to look at him and watch how he played, really. But um, yeah. What a man. What a man. Almost, yeah. almost scared... as hard as Pops. Almost <laughs> as hard as Pops. I was scared of Jerry Collins and I was his coach. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Jenkins uh, just mentions a few things. He says uh, about your he-man hairdo, quality barn at that. Uh, one for you, Kyle. Sean Lloyd Baxendale uh, asks, are our Tuesday Club m- mugs available to buy? I think they soon will be. <laughs> well, Shane, got any advice on uh, any new merch for mugs? Or <laughs> can you sort us out some Tuesday Club ones as well? Bob Lats. Bob Lats are the way forward, boys. Bob Lats. Especially, yeah. especially when you've got a barnet like this now. Yeah, tell me about it. Don't let your sons on, loose on your, on your haircut. Right, now it's time for our um, new weekly feature. And uh, Mel and Alice can join in this because we're all in lockdown. It's what you're watching. We had a great response to this last week, boys. So, Kyle... Uh, we're running out of time, but what are you watching? Uh, this we, week... We just, 
Oh, sorry. Go, go on, you go first. You you are a esteemed guest. You yeah, go Alex, first. You go Sean, first. fool, you should have gone in, watching? Alex, first. I'll forget that, though, Alex. We just finished the Premature Murders. We really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Mel's mum's got a caravan down in Broadhaven, so love it down down there. And what have we just started? Shit. Oh, oh yes, it's brilliant. Oh my oh, god, already... I'm loving it already. Good <laughs> yeah. lighthearted, just we did. Yeah, good one. Shit's Creek. I completely agree on that one. I completely agree. It's it's um. It's um, the dad in um, American, American Pie. Pie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eugene yeah. Levy. He's brilliant. Him, him and his son Daniel Levy in Shit's Creek. I, I got a, a, a amazing. They're the best characters <laughs> I've probably seen for a long, long time. So I'll just, I just, I'll get mine done quick. I've been watching that as well. It's amazing. Watch it. You got to. Okay, Kyle. What uh, you watching? I watched a film this week called Soul. It's the new Pixar one on Disney Plus. Um, it's basically a story about a man who's a teacher in a school who he teaches the band in school in American High School, New York. And then he finally gets his big break with this huge jazz saxophonist and they need to fill in. So he goes and books the gig with them to be, to be her pianist. And then there's a scene where he's like so happy, he's high in life, he's got his big break for this huge sing- uh, jazz uh, player. And... He's walking down the street, not paying any attention, and some bricks fall, and they just miss him. And a car, he walks across the road, and the car just misses him. And then a dog barks, and he goes, oh, and he gets startled. Then he turns around, falls down a manhole, and dies. So um, you don't need to watch the film. I'm joking. That's right at the start. It's one of those meet Joe Black kind of starts, okay? But it deals with life and death and, you know, what makes us us, and where do we get our sparks, and... What were we born to do on this earth? Um, it's it actually made me reevaluate all the things that are important in my life, um, and it's hey, a kid's are you film. All right, mate, you're yeah. all right. Well, I don't know. Tomorrow. I don't know what's okay. going on today, but it's something. <laughs> I I I think I'm having an emotional day today. I don't know. Give you a social distance hug, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, here we are. Right, there it is the cut. Yeah. There's a the cut. Hey, I'm not that big anymore. You can close your arms in a bit now. <laughs> Kyle's reviews are like you don't need to watch the program or the film, Mel, because he just gives you. He's like he's like Barry Norman. Well, I've been watching something, right? Uh, I'm not sure if I said this last week. But I've been watching Designated Survivor, right? right. With Keith, Keith Sullivan, and we started watching it, me and Cher, right? And um, that, uh, look, I won't say it all, but at the start, they blow up Capitol Hill, right? And what they do is they put one member of the US Parliament in a bunker in case everybody gets blown up, right? So that they got a surviving president. And he's just like the guy who runs housing or something. He's never going to be president. Of course, terrorists blow up Capitol Hill with everybody in it. And Shirley goes, it's a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Nobody's ever going to get to Capitol Hill. The next week, (laughs) (laughs) all those Trump supporters are in Capitol Hill. But anyway, designated survivor. It's all right for a couple of series. And then like 24 gets a bit you know i've always said about designated survivor it's it's an uneducated man's west wing all right if you like designated survivor sean you need to sit down and it we're actually watching that rewatching because amy's never seen it you need to watch the west wing seven seasons 18 episodes a season and martin sheen is the best on-screen president that there ever will be full stop but it's, a, it's an old series, and they're asking to rent or buy it. I refuse to do that for an old series. <laughs> All the money you got. All the money you got. If you've got a DVD player, I've got the West Wing DVD box set. There you go. It's on VHS as well, probably. 
Peter Max. <laughs> Peter Max. Uh, hey, anyway, that's great. What are you watching? Bit of movie news. We talked about James Bond last week, Kyle. I see it's been pushed back. They released to October now. It's yeah. been affected by COVID, so yeah. we've got to wait for that. Uh, that's bad news. Um, quickly onto the rugby. Wales announced their Six Nations squad. Uh, reaction to that, Shane Norris Webb. Yeah, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll get in there. You know, he'll get in there somehow. I think he's unlucky. Uh, I think Pivac says he's lost a bit of form, but we all know how quickly Webb he can get it back. And what you do, you get dropped from the team. You score two tries against Connacht, and you win away from home. It just sums him up, doesn't it? So, uh, yeah, it's not the last we'll see of Webb. Uh, no, Ospreys are back, Kyle. Yeah, do you know it's 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 thrilling to watch them lately. Uh, that game on uh, Sunday was. Brilliant! It was back and forth to and fro, um, but yeah, like Shane just said, there. What a way to answer Wayne Pivak back! I couldn't believe. It. I think I texted you the day. It was like Norris Webb is he injured or something? Sean said no, and I was just like, what a mistake! But you know, it's great to see him winning, and you know, Toby Booth is obviously doing something right there. Long may it continue. Wales, Ospreys. Yeah, we're Di Young's back. Uh, Blues do the double over the Scarlet. Scarlet's got Leinster this Saturday. Look out, it's going to be a tremendous commentary team. Scarlet's Leinster, Donald Parker, Scarlet. Um, we'll talk more about that next week, but we've uh, taken up our time tonight on our Episode 2 Series 3 of the Tuesday Club. Why? Because we've had very special guests. We have Alex Popham and Mel, his lovely wife, talking about Head for Change. Alex, Mel, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Wish you all the very best. See you soon. I'll be on my turbo bike uh, chasing you and Shane Williams because I'm not a very good rider. I don't know whether you've seen, but um, by all accounts, James Haskell and Hugo Monnier are giving out a bit of banter on this that they're going to be folding Geraint up like a deck chair and uh, taking, <laughs> taking that to Wales. So you boys better be getting the training in. So, yeah, oh, yeah. that's what you can talk about. You, when you, on the first ride that you sign up for now... Uh, there's no teams, but the second uh, session, you sign up for Team Wales, Team England, Team Ireland, Team Scotland, or the rest of the world. And, he, and if you're not taking part in the full 24 hours and you only do two hours, your miles go to, towards Team Wales. So. I mean, many of the Welsh Welsh participants getting on their bikes, so everyone watching and listening, get yeah. on Swift and join Wales. We'll be doing it. Join in, everybody. Look out for the Zwift Challenge. Head for change. This has been the Tuesday Club. Big thanks to Buffoon Media, to all our listeners. Get your questions in for next week. We'll see you then. From Alex, Bob and Mel, Kyle Reese, Shane Williams and myself, Sean Holly. Bye for now. Wales. Bye. Bye. Bye.